Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 29th of June 2012. For newcomers, you should help yourself to the free audios for download at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And remember, all the sites listed there also have transcripts in English for print-up of a lot of the talks I've given, and you can go into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. If you want to keep me going, it's up to you, of course. You can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com because I don't bring on sponsors as guests, and I don't have shares and companies, and I don't uh, make any profit from anything that's sold by anybody else. So if you want to keep it going, remember from the U.S. to Canada, you can go into the website and order, and you can use a personal check to Canada from the U.S. You can also use an international postal money order from the U.S., and you can use PayPal, and some people send cash. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. Remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome. And I've always explained at the beginning or the broadcast of what I do here, and it's to really tie in the past with the present to show you you're living through a long-term script, basically, because most people are brought up to believe that they're on the cutting edge and everything's been decided as they live to do with the, the, the future, and nothing is further from the truth. Even corporations, if you go into their books, you'll find out that they have big plans for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years investments down the road, and that's how the world is really run, like a big corporation. In fact, that's probably the best analogy there is, because we, we, are, we are basically into this new uh, feudal uh, corporate system. Uh, and of course, that was a big plan by the international bankers a long time ago to bring us into this particular phase, when they take over the world and run it the way they claim that it should be run, where people are, do what they're told, very obedient, and they bring down the population for a post-industrial society across the world, and also are post-consumerist, supposedly, so they simply tax you and charge you fees for everything that you purchase, even the necessities of life. And then you're well under control. And I'm not kidding about this. They've written about it many, many books, of course, out there. They created, too, the sustainability movement. The bankers did, because they also created the communist movement. You cannot change society without conflict. For conflict, you need at least two sides. And they do this with everything. It's an old technique, the Hegelian dialectic, and it works every time. People naturally jump to one side or another. And the opinion of the expert that you choose will become your opinion. And you'll even fight and die for it. And that often happens as well in the past. Let's read your history. So we're living through a massive time of change. It's called the Great Transition. It's um, the century of change is another term for this. And as I say, we're supposed to become a well-managed society with private agencies working with government, managing every facet of our lives from birth to death. And some countries are ahead of others in, in this particular agenda. If you want to know who's ahead of it and what's coming to America, you just look at the British Commonwealth countries because they're all on board with mental health testing from birth, basically. I'm not kidding about that. From birth. And 
You see, everyone grows up to be insane, they claim, except for those at the top who, who know how to manage the world and how we should live. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and I often talk about mind control. Mind control is nothing new at all. It's been used for thousands of years by those who wanted to rule over masses of the public. And in old times, they would introduce a religion, and uh, once you get a priesthood on the go and you get one generation trained, the parents themselves will then train the next generation who will th- never question the actual religion itself. And the religion, of course, is to keep a, a dominant minority in power, and they become the authority. And uh, uh, we've seen it in ancient religions up to the present time, even with the Green Movement, which is a religion, as is the Humanist Movement too. Uh, real fanatics follow the, the Green Movement and the, the Humanist Manifesto. But you'll find that, 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 that the, these are the only ones sponsored and pushed by uh, the United Nations because when they signed the agreement, and that means every country's prime minister and president signed the agreement in 1946, and that the United Nations has signed on with it, that meant really uh, that they go along with the whole agenda and that humanism, secular humanism, was to be uh, the religion of choice. So we're well into it now, well, well into it now. And out of that came uh, what they called sex education at school, which wasn't sex education at all. It was sexual promotion. And and we've found that over the years with, with the study after study, that the more you give the children, of course, the, f- the further they push, the more the children simply indulge in it, until literally they've been, they're, they're now energized towards it, even before puberty, exactly what Bertrand Russell, a big player who helped design the present society you're living through is dead now, but he helped design uh, this particular lead-up into the present. Uh, he said that um, uh, they would create a very promiscuous society by st- hyper-stimulating uh, the children before puberty, and they'd never mate, you see, with a person for the rest of their lives, not a single person. Therefore, it would cut down on children, offspring, and destroy the family unit. And it's odd, too, when you look at it, too, why would all these so-called right-wingers, like Bertrand Russell was a a hereditary lord, basically, a peerage they inherited, and um, why would these guys be working with the communists and pushing the same agenda? Well, you understand that there's only one agenda, and as I said before, you need two sides in conflict to get change happening. And that's what they give us every time, every time. Your basic politics is, is based on that too, right versus left. It's, it's, that's the standard thing that they hand to you. So mind control and um, the sciences of understanding of the human mind have really escalated uh, in the last hundred years or so and still being pushed to the, to the fore as they have instant access to communication across the whole planet. They can put the same story across the planet, the entire planet, in a, in a few seconds. And we all get the same indoctrination, the same reasons for things happening, and with the same experts appearing in all languages across the planet at the same time to make sure there's uniformity of opinion. And to control people, either in a country or the world, you've got to have uniformity of opinion. Tyrannies always go the same route, and uh, we've seen it in past tyrannies where spies were introduced into societies, 
by the thousands sometimes, even in single main cities, to listen in in cafes, restaurants, bars, and the conversations of the general public. That way they kept a pulse to see what changes had to be made for the public, to see also if they were swallowing the stories put in their papers. And now, of course, they've got the pulse on the Internet and all the other um, uh, apps and so on that you download where you put your personal stuff up, you chat away, and they have instant access in real time as to the, how the people feel about this or that or whatever. It's very, very simple. So it's, it's not enough, of course, because they want to go all the way with this into total control until you, and it's, this is a, I've mentioned this article before, uh, that even the Canadian government is talking about talking to the down to the individual and you have to buy a little uh, flash drive uh, where you can stick in your computer and uh, and then you can access the, the government channel with your particular number on it and they can talk right down to you. H.G. Wells talked about this kind of thing back in the early 1920s. Amazing. He talked about the world's brain as well for those who think we're on the cutting edge. The world brain that you tap in to get all information from instantly, anywhere in the world. But that's what he said too, as I say. You see, once you destroyed the family unit and so on, then government have got you where they want you. You're, you're cut off from everybody else except these sock puppets and voices in the ether, etc. And you, you'll hardly know any real people at all. And you probably won't have any family to stand up for you and stand around you when they come for you, basically. Just like 1984 with the, with the big screen in your room. So you can train people into it as long as it's pleasurable. And that's what most people missed in the past, except maybe Aldous Huxley. He knew the, the, the pleasure principle and how to switch it on and off. And if you bring in something where the people get some benefit from it, personal enjoyment, uh, they will go along with the, what begins as inconveniences, such as invasion of privacy. And the more you put on there to occupy their time, the more they get addicted to it. And by that time, they'll accept anything at all. They, they will never want to give it up. Even today, that's already happened, where most folk don't think about privacy. Uh, in fact, youngsters say, well, who needs it? Who needs it? So, so many things have happened and been accomplished as parts of the agenda in the last 30 years or so. It's just absolutely astonishing. But then, not really when you understand the sciences behind it and the incredible accumulation of knowledge on the human psyche that's been collected over many, 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 many centuries by those primarily who ran the money systems of the world, even in the Middle Ages and even in the ancient world, and also uh, are the ones who brought you the consumer society. Uh, They're the same people who predominate in all the top organizations across the world with the same agenda, and from their point of view, they believe they're right. They're at the top of the tree. They believe they're the most evolved of the species, therefore, and that they've also kept on to their wealth uh, through arranged marriages, not marrying for the usual reasons, but marrying for for money and for status, power. So families that are powerful, maybe even psychopathic, intermarry with their wealth, and the arrangement is just to have the offspring to keep lineages going. That's the common reason they do it, basically. So we've gone down a trail of manipulated, very very well manipulated uh, uh, social uh, scientific socialism or indoctrination and the end result of course isn't that great because society is so fragmented 
that even the Club of Rome that works for the United Nations is at the top think tank said in the 70s that democracy would never work. Well, they ensured that by creating so many groups to fragment society. You start with the family, then you, then you create groups, and before you know it, they're all fighting with each other for power and dominance. That's what we have today. So technically, you could never have them all in some sort of parliamentary system because there'd be too many groups all competing to be top dog. Therefore, they came out with the idea that they'd bring in a, an authoritative society. And authoritarian society, that's what you're in today, and that's the reason for terrorism. Terrorism everywhere under authority, you see. All your rights were stripped away. Most folk don't mind. They've got used to it. Because people, like Darwin said, are the most adaptable species on the planet. They adapt very quickly, mainly because everybody else is adapting to, uh, to the system and to the things that happen. And most folk don't want to stand out from their peer group. And therefore they say nothing because no one else is saying anything. And that's where we are today. So we're well on the way. Just today, in fact, I got a a request to bring on uh, another author from uh, the Greeny side, basically, who's sponsored by David Suzuki in Canada. Uh, And this author has just got a book out where they want to bring the population down to uh, uh, probably no more than one billion people within about 20, 30 years. And, of course, uh, the alternate energy. If we don't do this, there'll be catastrophe, crisis, etc., etc., the usual stuff. Well, David Suzuki has been going on for many, many years uh, as a geneticist who does little cuddly, uh, you know, animal programs for children on television to get you indoctrinated, because uh, we're all like animals. And a guy like that can't be all that bad. But this is the same guy who's a, prefer- a professor who's on YouTube who said years ago that people are just maggots. But of course, there's different kinds of maggots, different classes of maggots. And I guess he says that uh, he was in the top bracket of maggots. And the ones below it simply live on the, the droppings of the ones above. These are the people who run the green movement. They really don't like the general population very much at all. Very much at all. They really, really don't. Much like H.G. Wells. He hated the general population, especially the working class people. Because he himself, you see, was brought up in a house where his, his mother worked as the, basically the housemaid. A wealthy family. And she worked as her housemaid. And every day they saw the factory workers going off to the work. And that terrified them, being in that class you're only one step as a, as a housemaid from that class into tripping off to work even down the mines because they actually went down the mines to women as well if the guys were sick in those days. So they, rather than, than feel sorry for them, they hated them. It frightened them and therefore they wanted to belong to a higher class. This class thing is very, very important. Very important indeed. And for all, you can go into Karl Marx and all the rest of the guys who promoted the communist side of it. Uh, you've got to understand that they also told you a lot of truth as well, because they understood the dialectic. Now, we're going through this massive change. You see, massive change in every uh, aspect of society. The children are being indoctrinated like never before. As I say, across the British Commonwealth countries, they're giving children mental tests by the mental health societies uh, at birth. And then you're tracked throughout your whole life to see what happens to you. And this will go further in, until you're pulled out and ordered to take medications. 
And that was into psychiatry and eugenics. And he got him to go into the old books and movies even put out during World War II and before it. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am back cutting through the matrix talking about eugenics and the big system we live in. We're born into it, pre-existed our birth naturally and your parents and grandparents. This is an ongoing agenda set up a long time ago by the wealthiest people on the planet who then hired scientists and think tanks to do a lot of work for them and created foundations as front groups that, that, that run thousands upon thousands of non-governmental organizations which one day are to rule the world on their behalf, you see. And they'll do away without, with, with even the idea of democracy. That's not that we have it now, but even the idea will, will disappear altogether. But part of it too in eugenics was to do in the 30s and 40s with, with the, the general population. It's always about controlling the general population. And governments uh, through many centuries have, have tested the public and sometimes pushed them too far. Sometimes they had rebellions. So they, they wanted to come up with a system where they'd have less rebellions and uh, the public could be manipulated in ways they wouldn't even know themselves. And so they'd comply with the demands of those above them. And of course they gave you democracy instead. They can spin you around for years and years as you play the game of politics. When even Carl Quigley, who worked for the Council on Foreign Relations uh, as a historian, said the same thing, that eventually you couldn't tell the difference between any party because they're all on the same path. And of course that's the way it's set up to go. This one path, one path only. But part of it too in eugenics was to do with children. If you could train children from the youngest of ages and even select those out, pick those out who had leadership abilities, uh, then, and if, they, if, if you could coax them as they grew up to go into scholarship positions into the Ivy League universities and have them promise never to even associate with their parents in their class again, then they'd be okay, they're on your side. But if they wouldn't go along with you, uh, they'd have to uh, sift them out very early, catch them young, and then literally dispose of them. And that was what Bertrand Russell talked about. Because they claimed, you see, that you couldn't have anybody with a, a brain that works from a different class who was able to vocalize the thoughts to the people in a simple, straightforward manner, uh, then that person would be awfully dangerous. Now, this is what's happening in the British Commonwealth, including Canada. It says, ministry, this ministry's government hides the test's real purpose, it says. And it says, um, uh, this is from New Zealand, but it's the same across the whole British Commonwealth, and it's still very much, believe you me, the British Commonwealth. But there's a, a, a B4 school health check, they call it. It's not the, number, the letter B and the number 4, B4 school health check. And it says that uh, Jordana Clark put her son Oliver through the B4 school health check six months ago, assuming it was compulsory. No one told her otherwise. That's how they do most things, you see. It says Kiwi, it says New Zealand preschoolers are undergoing mental health tests, some without their parents' knowledge. The Ministry of Health's before school check was thrust in to the spotlight after Australia announced plans to introduce a similar program which created controversy as critics warned about the risk of creating an epidemic of problems such as autism. The Australian program would see doctors use a checklist to consider behaviours like shyness and sleeping with the lights on as signs of possible psychological problems. 
Critics here say New Zealand has been doing something similar for four for years. Since 2008, Plunkett, P-L-U-N-K-E-T, doctors, mobile clinics and home visits have screened more than 100,045 year olds for health, behavioral, social and developmental problems. Now, that was put out there, and this is the present time, but this idea that the whole of society was technically insane because the, the general public would not do what they were told, you see by their, their betters. That was the whole idea of eugenics. And so they came up with ideas back in the 30s of this very program. And it said it would take some time before the public would go along with it. And um, they've broken down society to, to this extent now that, the, of course, most of the public do go along with it. And an awful lot of families now are just single mums who really believe in the experts. Like, like Bernays said, you always target the woman. And um, through magazines, uh, expert talk shows, that kind of stuff. And uh, they'll, they'll go along with the agenda. It says in the same period, Pharmac figures show a 140% increase in antidepressant prescriptions for zero, zero to four-year-olds between 2009 and 2010. An average 10% increase in mood-stabilizing drug prescriptions as tranquilizers in the last five years for children aged five and over. Before school includes a checklist called the Strength and Difficulties Questionnaire alongside vision, hearing and health tests. It asks parents and teachers about a child's behavior, including if they often lose their temper, are easily distracted, are generally liked by others, and if they are nervous or clingy in new situations. Every children is normal, abnormal, or borderline, and produces a score indicating whether a child is likely to have a significant problem. Results can be broken down for pro-social behavior, hyperactivity, emotional symptoms, conduct, and peer disorders. You understand, going back to what I said earlier in the 30s and 40s, they said they'd have to bring the system in. And at the end of World War II, the top psychiatrists in Britain and elsewhere, and uh, even the American Psychiatric Association, said that they would eventually take over uh, the mental health and conditioning of every child across the world in order to achieve their perfect goal. So experts and scientists should basically be the ones who would give you all your values and show you and teach you and train you how to behave. And that way, of course, everybody would be standardized and they wouldn't have the problem of rebellious people in society. So it says the results can be broken down for pro-social behavior, etc. And it says in the most recent quarter, one in ten children was identified as borderline or abnormal. They can be referred to a pediatrician or a child mental health expert. Whenever you see the old books, take it to the bank. These guys knew the agenda. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about a very old plan discussed a long, long time ago to make sure that the state, in other words, would test every child at birth and all through their lives for that matter for various qualities, good or bad, according to the state's opinions of them. 
and how they'd basically make you right and proper again to suit the system uh, and catch you early. And plus you wouldn't be a problem down the road and you wouldn't talk back, you wouldn't complain about things, you'd like your peer group and you'd be awfully obedient to the world state. That's exactly what they said 30, 40 years ago, and yet even even earlier. And here we are today, it's all introduced. And it's going on without parents' understanding or even consent of it. And it says here, the questionnaire was developed by King's College London Institute of Psychiatry, child psychiatrist Dr. Robert Goodman. And it says, Community Action on Suicide Prevention, Education and Research Founder Maria Bradshaw says Goodman's test is designed to screen for mental health disorders under the guise of suicide. Because nobody would complain about that, right? And his website, I mean, a zero, zero years of age to four years of age, they're thinking about suicide. It says, and his website and academic papers align how scores are used to predict issues like attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. She says the ministry does not disclose the questionnaire's real purpose to parents and discourages those conducting the test to tell parents if their child's scores are borderline or abnormal. And that's your open society for you. You see, we're owned, basically, as far as the big boys at the top are concerned, and they have all these these sell-out prostitutes that are willing to do this to children for the cash. Of course, they themselves think they're superior too, and uh, they're, they're trained in academia to believe so, uh, that they have the right to interfere and decide basically a person's fate for their entire life, because that's what it is when you grab children at that age. Just amazing. So, in that article too, to do, I mentioned one about a week or two ago about uh, an Indian band in Canada that had uh, a professor come to them and pricked them with diabetic needles, etc., and then informed them all afterwards that you use the same gadget for, for them all, although they change the needles. doesn't matter because there's always a certain spurt comes out of, of, uh, of clear uh, fluids that gets on the gadget. So now they're all being warned about HIV and all the rest of the stuff they may, they may have, etc., Here's another one here. University of Prince Edward Island officials are reviewing lab procedures after issuing warnings to about 300 students. They may have been exposed to HIV, hepatitis B or C. The UPEI, as University of Prince Edward Island Dean of Science Christian Lacroix, said the students used blood glucose testing equipment during class. The testing was optional to students as part of two courses for biology. And again, a similar thing happened. Uh, it says, uh, it says, in terms of the risk of transmission, the chief public health officer will tell you the same thing. The risk is assessed and said it's very low and all the rest of it. But what's low mean? What does that mean if you're the person that's got it? Or you get it, you catch it. The testing involved the lancet and a receptacle for the blood. The lancets were single use only, but the receptacles were used by several students. UPEI reviewed its procedures after a story from a Manitoba high school about improper use of equipment there. So, your children aren't yours anymore, and I'm telling you, with academia pushing the envelope all the time, it's becoming very, very dangerous for them. Either they're going to poison them and give them an infection, or they're going to grab them and say that they're mentally subnormal and start drugging them. And people allow this to happen. See, the state has trained you that they're not there to serve you. They still call themselves public servants, but they've trained the public that the state is all-powerful, just like China. And they're not there to serve you. You do what you're told. The state knows better. Sad situation. Very, very sad. Now, 
Degradation was also part of this big agenda I've mentioned before about the different schools that came over to America, especially the Frankfurt School, for instance, uh, who was given permission, the school and all the people in it, to open up in the States and in Britain and create a new culture for America. Now, these were all communists, and um, they were all on board with the, 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 the same idea that everybody's mentally ill except themselves. And the presidents at the time uh, gave them full uh, leeway to do what they wanted to alter the culture. They worked closely with the culture industry and book publishers and everything else. And part of the plan was to so degrade culture, bring it down step by step by step, once again destroy the family unit, then destroy the community uh, spirit, all uniformity that really bound people together to stand up against tyranny had to be destroyed, all opposition would be destroyed, and they've been awfully successful. And degradation, as I say, right down to the bottom, most base level, had to be pushed through entertainment, etc. Now, there's a trailer out for a movie, it's called God Bless America, I'll put the trailer link up tonight, and this is the latest offering from Hollywood for young people, and um, you can make your mind up yourself if you ever just look at the trailer and... Uh, Hopefully you've still got enough sense to see what it's all saying. But that's the, the trash that they're putting out to youngsters today. Uh, people getting gunned down, shot in the head. It's all fun, 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 fun all the way through, apparently. You're supposed to laugh at it. And that creates a kind of, a kind of schizophrenia when it comes to reacting in real life to real situations. Your news is presented the same way and with entertainment thrown in amongst it until everything is surrealistic and the bad, the worst possible news of even slaughter in the Middle East or people getting blown up with drones and, oh, oops, there's a bunch of school children, school children over in Iran or, wherever, or Iraq uh, killed by troops who then peed on them uh, because uh, they were pushing a wheelbarrow. It was probably their only possession for whatever work they did. They just shot them all down and peed on them. And then after that, you have some nice movie trailer uh, put into the Hollywood spin. So that's your news. It's kaleidoscopic, it's schizophrenic, and it works with the public until they can't really be shocked anymore about anything. It's all very, very schizophrenic. All techniques, by the way, and not there by chance, didn't develop by chance, didn't sort of... Um, evolved by itself is planned that way, step by step by step. Now, the Green Movement, of course, uh, along with government, because the, the, the big boys themselves are the biggest bankers in the world that back it all and, and create it all, uh, also subsidize themselves using your tax money, as you well know, with all the green flops that they put out there. Millions and millions of dollars go down the tubes with failed projects, but doesn't stop them. Here's another one here, yet another PV manufacturer massively subsidized by the Department of Energy bites the dust, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. It says it's a Colorado-based uh, abound solar, it's called. It says abound uh, solar's closures are an unfortunate but very real consequence of the continued slide in crystalline silicon pricing and increasing competition for limited global demand of solar modules. Says M.J. Shio, Director Analyst at GTM Research. A band was still in the earlier stages of technology and commercial development, and despite over $220 million in private investment and $70 million drawn from its $400 million U.S. Department of Energy loan guarantee, simply didn't have the cost and downstream reach to survive in the tumultuous solar market. So, you're, you're, the money they're just throwing down the, the drain 
is astronomical. But again, you understand, if you don't get a bill every week from the government, who shows you what you now owe personally for every loan that your government borrows from the world bankers in order to throw into these things? If you don't get a personal bill, it doesn't, it's not real to you. And yet they tell you how many, how many millions or billions does each person really, really, uh, have to pay through their life. If they even tried to pay their part, their, their, their life, their one part of their life, uh, what they owe from the previous generations and all the money's been borrowed now. I mean, if you saw that, would you be so happy then? Would you start complaining? I wonder. I wonder. But it's not real because it's from the government. Well, if it's a separate entity or something. Governments don't make money. They take money. Yours. Now, the flying drones are going to be a big, big business in the States. I read an article the other night about North Carolina that really is hoping to save itself uh, by creating lots and lots of drones, a big drone industry. It's all part of the military-industrial complex. You see, once the wars are finished across the world, the governments and the military-industrial complex have to do it all in, at, at home. Domestic spying, domestic, well, whatever else we're going to do to, in the military sort of style. So it's all going to be used at home. But researchers are using spoofing to hack into uh, flying drones. And so American researchers took control of a flying drone by hacking into its GPS system, acting on a $1,000 dare from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. The University of Texas at Austin team used spoofing, a technique where the drone mistakes a signal from hackers for the one sent from GP's satellites. The same method may have been used to bring down a U.S. drone in Iran in 2011. Well, it makes you wonder about all the, all the crashes to come within the U.S. I see another drone, came, another mil, uh, naval drone came in, came down inside the U.S. again. So, I mean, if it's so easy to hack in there, uh, these are dangerous things flying about. Not that you'd have them above your head in the first place. This is a tyrannical system and society we're living in. These things should be flying there in the first place, but you'll get used to them. You've adapted to everything else so far. No problem at all. And again, to Google, that's really just part of the NSA. Really, that's all it is. Was secretly planting cookies on millions of iPhone browsers. And it's a gifted computer scientist. Meyer suspected that online advertisers might be getting around browser settings that are designed to block tracking devices known as cookies. If his instinct was right, advertisers were following people as they moved from one website to another, even though their browsers were configured to prevent this sort of digital shadowing. So this guy worked in his office alone, a student, and he ran a series of clever tests in which he purchased ads that active, acted as sniffers for the sort of unauthorized cookies he was looking for. And he hit the jackpot unearthing one of the biggest privacy scandals of the past year. Google was secretly planting cookies on a vast number of iPhone browsers. And he thinks millions of iPhones were targeted by Google. So you understand that there's no privacy in the electronic sphere whatsoever. And I don't think it ever could be for the general public. Well, it will never happen because it's too tempting for governments and their organizations and agents to snoop on you anyway. That's why Google can do what it wants as part of an official agency. This article two to do with bankers. It's about time somebody had this in, in the paper. Is it time to consider locking up the bankers? This is two hundred and ninety million pounds. That's how much Barclays Bank has been fined for attempting to manipulate the LIBOR interest rates. That's not much less than the estimated three hundred million pounds cost of last year's riots in London, and maybe only a small fraction of the total damage. 
Barclay says, caused, uh, says, as Philip Aldrich noted yesterday, loans with a value of $10 trillion are indexed using LIBOR, while over the, uh, the counter derivatives indexed to Euribor, the European LIBOR equivalent, total over $220 trillion. So here's Barclays Bank manipulating it all and get a massive fine. It's not really massive for them. But shouldn't they be locked up for this? Yes, there's people falling and dying and losing their homes. Still, still, across the states, down other countries. Look at the mass greasism with its suicide rate because of bankers. All to get a big agenda through, mind you. Because another article says that uh, the EU has decided to do what I knew they were going to do and they've got one, one supervisor to, go, to be president over all the banking systems across the whole of Europe. That's what they always wanted. But folk die and commit suicide, losing everything. As these bankers, just because they're under a corporation, you see, you, you don't go after the banker, you go after his corporation. That's what they do in their, their lovely legal system. And, uh, and they get a little slap on the wrist, and, and the insurance company pays up the fines, and that's all there is done about it. But it says... Um, what is the most severe punishment that anyone will suffer for this massive immense wrongdoing? Bob Diamond may lose his bonus. He may even be sacked. So too many a few Barclays executives. But no one will be imprisoned for this colossal abuse of the financial system. No one will pay in anything approaching a proportionate level to the damage done. So what can you do? Your, gov- your government isn't going to do it. You're in bed with them. Your legal system was created by them. That's not going to go after them. So what are you going to do? Another sign of the times, too, to do with, again, getting into the children's heads and and um, through sexual promotion. Meanwhile, it's promotion. It's not education. It's promotion because I've done so many tests of, say, that it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And the answer is obviously to throw mon- more money at them. And now they're even showing them porno movies in school at a very young age. It's, it's promotion, folks. You have to get that through your heads to destroy everything. So they'll never bond multiple partners and they won't bond. Members of Parliament are to debate, debate sexual abstinence lesson bill. It says that Nadine Doris wants schools to offer extra sex education classes, which will include the benefits of abstinence to girls. And it says the bill proposed by Nadine Doris, the Conservative MP for Mid-Bedfordshire, would require schools to offer extra sex education classes to girls aged 13 to 16, and for those lessons to include advice on the benefits of abstinence. (gasps) It says here, the bill uh, has angered feminists, humanists, and pro-abortionists. Feminists, humanists, and pro-abortionists don't want them to be taught another side of the coin. Hundreds of whom will be demonstrating outside Parliament while the debate takes place. Professionally paid, of course, because they work for the big foundations, the NGOs. So it says Beth Granter, a socialist and feminist who has organized the demonstration, predicts that at least 300 will join. Some 750 have shown their support on Facebook. The bill has elicited considerable criticism from politicians in all three of the main political parties. Dan Rogerson, co-chair of the Lib Dems Education Family Backbench Committee and an MP for North Cornwall, said the bill would result in girls being given a dire warning about their future prospects. Well, have you looked at the, the prospects of the indoctrination they've been getting for years? Do you think about all uh, the, the vaccinations they're getting now for, for venereal warts, you know? It's, it's the name of the venereal warts is what they're called. Not just human papilloma virus. It's human warts. 
and often end up with cancer of the cervix and so on. Or the, the long-term effects, and the short-term as well, of abortions. They don't tell them that at school, do they? He says, to single out girls is at best unhelpful and at worst damaging. He said, he said boys and girls need to be given high-quality advice on all aspects of relationships. I guess that's all the positions and things that they use these, day, these days. But that's the agenda, and it's so amazing to have lived through in my own lifetime, the complete reversal of everything for this world agenda. Not for what people think it's for, but so that a small minority can have you completely dysfunctional and chaotic and create masses of government agencies to deal with the chaos and therefore rule your life minutely from birth to death. And you all pay for the chaos one way or another. One way or another. Also, Obamacare put up tonight too. Uh, there's a little video on it too To show you some of the things about it And the pros and cons But again, everybody's been suckered um, And again, they want you to join this group or that group uh, It's a standard uh, dialectic once again Because Medicare uh, and medical care Is incredibly, obnoxiously Greedy and overpriced Back with more after this Hi folks, I'm back, coming through the matrix, and I'll go to a caller, there's Daniel from the UK on the line. Are you there, Daniel? Yeah, hello, Alan. Yes. Um, you, actually, before I ask you my question, you mentioned H.G. Wells a couple of times tonight, um, and how he, he talked about the, um, the world mind, like the internet. And I remember there was a book called uh, A World Set Free, I think, and he actually mentioned the atomic bomb, didn't he? Um, and he described yeah. it as well, mm-hmm. and that was about... 35 years before um, World War II. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. and he also did the shape of things to come, you know, the, to do with the war with Germany long before it happened, and um, even the use of uh, gases to, to gas the public from uh, air forces across the world that would literally gas the public into submission and compliance. It's like Kemsbury trails, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Well, my question is: um, Last time I rang up, you um, you mentioned the uh, uh, the head of the uh, Goldman Sachs or Federal Reserve, where it was, um, saying he was doing God's work. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you what God that was, and also if it's the same God that you once mentioned is referred to in the Ugaritic text. Um, one time I rang up and asked you if God, in the biblical context, is a reference to the system of control, and you said yes, and you said. Um, You've got to go into the Ugaritic text. So I just wanted to ask you if you might be able to explain what God this is we're all uh, referring to. Mm-hmm. It's the God of the world. It's the God of the world. It's the God of materialism. And out of this religion came uh, secular humanism as well. That's all part of it. And uh, in other words, it's a humanistic way of looking at things. It's also a religion, though. A definite religion. Very old religion. And there's different disguises, but it definitely has to do with the Lord of the world and material. Again, going back to Albert Pike, he said himself that we make no excuses for nature. He's talking about predators in the animal kingdom. 
and liking them to humans as well, different classes of humans that are good predators. And he said, we make no excuse for nature. In other words, that's the normal thing, the normal um, uh, stratus of things, and therefore uh, do it. Those, the winners do it, the losers don't. They don't play the game and they fall. So uh, that's really what it is. It's the god of materialism. And science and human wisdom would conquer it goes as back as far, actually, as, as um, the Tower of Babel. The whole analogy of the Tower of Babel is to do with a people who said at the time they would become higher than the gods. They would go build higher than the gods with their own work, their own intellect, and, and dominate, basically, the planet. That's what that whole analogy was about, that story. So it's the same thing yet, that through science they would conquer all and perfect all that was left imperfect. That means humanity itself. So it's a very, very real religion, yeah. So, so God really, I mean, tell me if I correct me if I'm wrong, but God is really just whatever they want it to be. Whatever they want to happen, they, um, well, God is just their agenda really, isn't it? So when they refer to well, God... Well, some, some of them have a, a, a part of it that definitely is a belief in a deity. The rest of them, don't, it doesn't matter if they believe in that deity or not. They use it as a symbol, a symbol really of of uh, their purpose and what they do. Uh, so it's, it's very, very, very old indeed. And it's got different guises, but it's still running the world today. But um, you, you can still belong to the group without believing in a deity. Other ones do believe in an actual deity. Like the Greeks called it the Demiurgos, uh, the lower god, but the god of the material worlds. And that's who you serve, is the lord of the worlds. But thanks for calling from Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me. God, your God's go with you.